Welcome to the Other Side of Potential podcast, hosted by Dr. Sharon Spano. Each weekly episode takes a deep dive into how successful family business leaders maneuver the unique dynamics between family and business. How do they align to face complex business challenges? How do they build and project generational wealth? In what ways do they pursue a lasting legacy? Join Sharon as she explores how these leaders adapt and respond to the complexity of life and business in our ever-changing world. All right. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Sharon Spano welcoming you to another episode of the Conscious Community segment of The Other Side of Potential, where we try to bring you some different perspectives, some ways to think about how to step into the other side of potential, whether you're a family business owner or a solo entrepreneur or a brick and mortar uh, business owner or leader, just some ways to think about some of the challenges you might be facing. So as you know, I had spoken last month about about a workshop that I was offering. We had that last week and it went very, very well. And the topic was winning conversations with difficult people. And as I stated in the prelude to that workshop, I was doing that because I'm finding myself having to deal uh, with more and more clients and individuals in my life who are struggling with how to have these hard conversations, whether it be around COVID, vaccinations, whether to wear a mask, not to wear a mask. You know, there's a whole host of conversations going on that are dividing colleagues, friends, even family. So I went back into my archives and developed a workshop that I think would be very helpful. And I want you to stay tuned because I'll be doing it again later in the fall. But I wanted to offer a recap. And for those of you that have joined the Alchemy of Humans private Facebook group that I have, you can access the recording of the actual workshop there. But let me just talk about a few of the questions that popped up in this workshop. And this will be uh, maybe a 20-minute solo cast for you to kind of get a sense of some of the issues that people are dealing with. So we started with a conversation around, you know, who are these people that are difficult? And then we also kind of morphed it into a deeper conversation, you know, and hopefully a level of awareness of when we are the difficult individual and how we can sometimes exacerbate situations and scenarios, you know, based on our inability to be effective communicators. So, Here's uh, some things to think about. And I, I actually dived into our, our friend Google Scholar to get some clarity around a definition for difficult people. And these are people who require much effort to deal with or understand. They often take a lot of energy out of us. We find ourselves repeating the conversations over and over in our head and sometimes carrying that negative energy with us for many, many days because it affects us at a very visceral level. Level when we're unable to effectively communicate or feel that we're heard by someone who is challenging in our life. They also can actually cause us hardships, problems, or create chaos in our business or our families. And I'm sure this one will resonate with most of you. They're not easy to please or satisfy. So part of what we talked about was the individual story that we all carry, because we have a history of dealing with a variety of people in our life and in our career. And we often, you know, start to see if you pay attention long enough, the patterns of the kinds of people that we're attracting that kind of push our buttons and, and trigger uh, negativity in our, in our bodies and our minds and our spirit. So it's worth noting, you know, what is the actual story? 
that you might be carrying and who are these individuals and who who are uh, the patterns. And then one of the things that I really wanted to speak very directly to during the workshop, and I, I won't go into that today because it's too lengthy, but I wanted people to have awareness of their own style. So I'll talk about that briefly, but the method to get past or or to actually equip yourself to deal with difficult people, I'm not going to spend time on that today because, again, you can access that workshop through the Alchemy of Humans or you can stay tuned for the next one where I'll be diving into deeper conversations around some of the more relevant issues we're facing today, you know, COVID and and masking and all that, as I I mentioned. So, but you want to have awareness of your style and, and these are obvious things, but they're easy, but not always easy to do. I'm just going to enumerate on these a minute. Body language, tone of voice, eye contact, uh, the pacing of information, particularly women, we tend to often give too much information too fast with a lot of story connected to it. And I know that I hear from the men that I work with, and that includes husbands or spouses, that that's often often difficult for them because they're more inclined to want to get to the truth faster, the facts and, and that sort of thing. Certainly use of language. And I actually sent out a PDF after the workshop, you know, to help people kind of start to play with some of the, the language toolbox sentence structures that I personally use. And I know have worked very well for my clients. And then we talked quite a bit about the first person perspective, which you've heard me address. And that is when I'm I'm not able to really see or understand the viewpoint of others to put myself into their shoes. That often is a result of a developmental level. We know, for instance, that people in the earlier stages of development up until like maybe a bit beyond adolescent can only see their own first person perspective. But unfortunately, I run across many, many adults who have that same issue and that they're not able to engage in a second, third, fourth, or fifth person perspective, which gives them a wider range of viewpoints and the ability to understand and lean into the perspective of others. So that means that I might think they're the difficult one, but in reality, if I'm only coming from a first-person perspective, there's a good chance that I'm the difficult one because I'm not listening or or leaning into their viewpoint either. Often people with the first-person perspective, and if you're one of them, one easy way to identify it is to notice if you're the one doing all the talking, because if you are, you're not listening. So that's that's a really keen one. And then I asked the group that was on the live call to not only take note of the awareness of their own style, but to have the courage to explore it. And by that, I mean, to perhaps record a conversation. So let's say, let's say you have a teenager that is challenging you right now, just put on your phone and listen to yourself in that communication and focus on those, those pieces that I just enumerated body language, tone of voice and and whatnot. Obviously on your phone, you're not going to see your body language, but you can pay attention to the other components or even ask a close friend or your significant other or spouse to witness you in action and ask them to let you know what they saw. What Here's the thing I find most interesting. When I was doing a lot of communication training in my career in and out of corporate, what I saw was people often just use 
It's a word. It's a sentence. It's a phrase that can set people off and, and turn the conversation. So part of the awareness is to have a very, what I call direct witnessing capacity to hear the language you're using in conjunction with all those other aspects of style. So those are some things to think about. It's also very important to understand the distinction between aggressive and assertive communication, particularly for women. Men often label women aggressive when they are, in fact, assertive. So I just want to make a brief distinction here. Aggressive communication doesn't necessarily have to be the direct um, anger focused communication that we think of. It can also be direct communication with the intentional desire to uh, harm another person, to make them wrong, or to overpower them. So we had quite a good discussion around what, what is intention. And I would encourage you to always ask yourself before you go into a tough conversation, what is my intention in this conversation? What is it I want to achieve? And then the other is after the conversation, whether it goes well or not, to ask yourself, what was my intention? Because I have found it more times than not, I actually actually exacerbated a situation because my intention, even at a subconscious level, was to make the other guy wrong. So you want to pay attention to that. The other distinction then is assertiveness, and assertiveness is really uh, communication that expresses clear and direct thoughts or feelings without violating the rights of the listener, which is a lot harder than it sounds. Here's where I find men do a better job of this, because they can be much more direct much more assertive and to the point. And they understand that about each other. So they don't get into all the feelings and they don't hold the grudge and all of that in in much the same way that we as women might do. So I don't mean to be stereotypical, but it's what I've seen consistently in my experiences across the board, particularly in the United States with literally thousands of people. So it's worth noting about yourself. And then the other thing that I really wanted to address is what assertive communication is not. Very, very important. So this kind of ties in with what I said a moment earlier. And let me just kind of enumerate these and give you some highlights that were discussed in the workshop. So it's it's if your language, body language or otherwise falls into blaming, judging, repeating the same thing over and over again. Women, we do this quite a bit with our significant others. We kind of beat a dead horse and we think we've, we're communicating when actually they've tuned us out like forever ago because they're tired of hearing it. Even silence, which can be used and should be used if you feel you're getting out of control, but it should not be used as a form of manipulation. And I've already addressed too much information, first person perspective, and holding people in their history. Those things are not assertive communication. Again, assertive communication is very clearly expressing your thoughts and ideas in a very direct way short sentences if possible so that you know you've been heard and without violating the rights of the listener. So I don't want to go into too much of this because, again, I want you to have opportunity to access this and and really get the full experience of being with other people in this conversations with difficult people. But I want to address one of the things that came up because I gave the group 10 key strategies for communicating with difficult people. And one of the questions that came up in response to one of my strategies uh, that I mentioned was to be willing to let the other guy win. 
And one of the participants said to me, wow, that's like contrary to everything I've ever learned in corporate. Like you've got to take a stand for what you believe in. And I totally agree with that. That is that is really the heart of a sort of communication. But what I mean when I say be willing to let the other guy win is that sometimes it would serve you and the other person better to just let go or walk away if you, in fact, are able to do so. And I want you to think about it this way. And I may have used this analogy before on air because I use it a lot. Think about two donkeys and they each have a rope in their mouth and between them is a river. And let's pretend that river is flowing with gold. You know, if it's a business deal or whatever it is, you know, there's opportunity in this river and maybe they're two partners and they're, they're each trying to pull the other partner or donkey to their side, their perspective, their side of the river. If they're both backing up and that rope is extremely taut, it's obvious they've dug their heels in and no one is going anywhere and there's no leverage to be had there, meaning I cannot win them over to my side. Where if one donkey takes a step forward and now the rope is there's more slack in the rope. Now I have the potential. I have the leverage to pull you over to my side. And that's the visual I want you to hold as you think about letting the other guy win. From a concrete point of view, I'll share with you a quick story of an encounter I had with a gentleman during the height of the election who had a very, he was difficult in that he always wanted to address these issues after he'd had his third or fourth Manhattan. And so that's what made him difficult was we really couldn't have an intelligent conversation because his goal, at least in my experience of him, and I use that language very carefully because I don't want to make him wrong, but in my experience of him, was to overpower me, to bully me. And so every time we would have dinner, he would, you know, have his two, three Mount Manhattans, and then he would become more and more aggressive in his communication with me and really trying to push me into a box and, and make me admit that I'm something I'm, I am not because we had different political views and we could not really have a reasonable conversation. So fast forward, we're in a restaurant one night and he starts in uh, down this course and it starts to get more and more direct. And I'm trying to offer another way to think about things. And, and what I, I feel is a logical approach. I'm being very conscious of my language body and otherwise. And then he started really bashing millennials, which I, if you've been listening to me at all, you know, I'm very sensitive about millennials because I interface and work with many of them. And I think they're the smartest generation we've ever had. And yes, they have a different way of going about things in the world, but so does each generation. So he went down that path and I was trying to explain to him what they offer and how intelligent they are. And again, being stereotypical, but offering some other other perspectives on how you might, as a human being, think about working with and interfacing with millennials. And he couldn't, he just would not hear it. And he was saying things in a very angry tone, like, well, I don't see that they're worth a darn and they need to prove to me what they're worth. And it just went on and on. And finally, I just said, you know, so-and-so, I won't say his name. It seems to me that you're committed to being right. So you can be right. And let's end it there. And usually with you, with that language, the other person will get very anxious because they don't want you to give them the rope. 
They want to rip it out of your mouth. And so, of course, he started in with, well, no, I'm not trying to be right and blah, blah, blah. But he, and, he, and I just kept saying that. I said it two or three times. Well, it seems to me that you're committed to being right. Uh, I don't feel you're listening to me. So, so you win. And we finally ended the conversation and it didn't really end well. I must tell you that. I mean, that, that couple, you know, whatever story they've made up about me, you know, we no longer see them. And I'm perfectly fine with that because sometimes letting the other guy win is not just in that moment, but it's actually accepting that this relationship is taking more out of you than you're willing to give or sacrifice. Now, obviously, you can't do this as well if it's a family member or someone you really care about. If it's a family member or someone you really care about or a boss or whatever, you have to be more strategic. And that's where the the silence might come in, that if you know in your heart of hearts that their perspective is not one that you cannot influence, maybe because of their age or their, their political or religious views or just their life experiences, you know, I hear a lot of, of these kinds of conversations that come around having someone in the family who has an addiction issue. It is impossible to have a logical conversation with someone who has a drug or alcohol problem when they are under the influence. It's just impossible. So to try and argue your way through that makes no sense. And that's what I mean when I say sometimes you have to let the other guy win. It doesn't mean win in the traditional sense. It means trying to create an open space where the that rope that I alluded to uh, maybe gives you a little more leverage, uh, far more so than taking a hard stand. But it also means having the wisdom and the knowledge to know who you can influence with assertive communication, and when it might just be time to walk away or stay silent. So I hope this is helpful. Just a quick little way to answer one of the main questions that came up, and we'll be talking more about these kinds of things again in other workshops. Uh, If you haven't joined the Alchemy of Humans Facebook group that I've started, please uh, go in there. We have a process. We ask you to fill out a few questions, and then we'll get back to you. But uh, it's not for everyone, but I I'm I'm going to be doing some live sessions on there where I talk and speak to what it means to take your life, your worldview, just your whole way of being in the world to another level. And that's, again, what this show is about. So that's this. the alchemy of humans is just a way to help you understand it deeper and deeper ways. And I would love to have you on board if you are someone who is interested in some level of personal or professional transformation, because again, it's not for everyone. And uh, I thank you so much for listening today to the other side of potential. And as always, I want to encourage you to continue to develop self-awareness, to find ways to take yourself both personally and professionally to the other side of potential. Until next time, this is Dr. Sharon Spano reminding you to stay healthy and well. God bless. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Other Side of Potential podcast. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform so we can continue helping family businesses thrive. For more information on how Dr. Spano can help you in your own family business, visit SharonSpano.com to schedule a complimentary consultation.